0: Hey, welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host, Kelsey Kemp. I'm an ex-tech consultant turned career coach, podcaster, and speaker helping Christians discern their unique calling and create a career that's aligned with it so you could be as faithful and impactful as possible with the decades of work ahead. Here at Answer the Call, we gather around a new topic each Tuesday to help you get clear on what you're specifically called to do with your career, as well as just share some smart strategies to help you get there. Wow, all right, can you believe it? Well, if you're listening to this on the day that it's released, it is the last day of 2019 and of the decade which is no surprise because i'm sure that you've been hearing people say that on the gram or wherever or in real life constantly for the last i don't know weeks but anyway the day is finally here and it's kind of crazy and i am coming to you from a cabin in the middle of nowhere kind of in the beautiful hill country of central texas And if you hear a faint knocking noise outside, it's because my family is on the porch shelling pecans. What? I know. Sometimes we are so Texan, it hurts. It's crazy. But here we are. Very proud of it. I always say I'm like a little bit too proud of the fact that I am so Texan that I'm qualified to be a daughter of the Republic of Texas, meaning that my family line has been here since it was a republic before it was even a state. But here we are. I am already going off on this tangent that I should probably calm down about. But yes, I am a very proud seventh generation Texan. And so we are spending the holiday in style in the hill country, shelling pecans and doing whatever else. So Whatever. But, but today I have something extra special in store on the podcast because I am going to be giving you a very honest review of what I experienced and what I learned in 2019, as well as I'll be giving a broader overview of what life has been like since leaving my corporate job to start my own entrepreneurial venture in early 2018. And I'll share a bit as well about how my journey is progressing into 2020. So, you're gonna get a little bit of like a behind current year and ahead look at what life has been like for me. So, um, I am sharing this because, well, first, I'm sharing it. It's not easy, it's not just um, natural to share these like really deep reflections that I'm about to share, but I'm doing it because I have been so blessed by the honest reflections that other people I look up to have shared. So if you're curious about my journey or relate to it in any way from what you know about me, I really hope that this blesses you as well. So first, I'm going to start off by giving you a bird's eye view of the year nested within the context of what 2018 was like and looking forward to what I'm hoping for in 2020. Then after the bird's eye view, I'll go into the nitty gritty review of what I learned and experienced in 2019, and I'm going to wrap up with the juicy part. I am going to give you my very, very honest reflections and feelings on where I am at in life as a 26-year-old compared to where I always thought I would be by now. So you won't want to miss out on that if if you're the curious type like me. So stick around until the end for that. But first up, like I promised, here is the bird's eye view of my 2018-2019 journey and my intentions for 2020. So in 2018, that was the year that I left my corporate job in April Fun fact, it was Friday the 13th, which I thought that was so funny, especially since I put in my notice for the week before, but they asked me to stay on a third week and I obliged because I wanted to honor the team and leave everyone in a good place and keep relations good. Um, And so that, that didn't bother me too much, but it pushed it back so that my last day was Friday the 13th and I was like, LOL, of course, (laughs) but all has been well, no bad luck. So anyway, 2018 was also the year that I moved from Dallas to Austin in the summer to live in my favorite city with my twin sister. We reunited after six years of being apart um, between college and our first years of early adulthood. And it is also the year that I completed a nine month coaching certification program, really got into the coaching industry um, and practiced in it. I got my first client and I started my own coaching practice. So that was a pretty big year of lots of leaps and jumps and trying new things and making big changes in life. And so 2019, unsurprisingly, is it a year where I was still learning so much and settling down. Um, I guess like really settling into all the choices that I made in that pivotal 2018 year. So um, it's the year that I feel like I have really established my business and began to develop expertise within a niche. Um, And it's also been a monumental year in terms of spiritual and personal growth, which I will get into. But overall, 2019 has been the year where I've grown roots, tried a ton of things, overindulged, honestly, in pursuing too many ideas and interests, and throughout the process, settled into the very specific things that I want to pursue and master in 2019. So obviously, because of all of that, I see 2020 as Lord willing, a year where I'm going to be pursuing greater focus, mastery in depth in the areas of life and business that I now see are essential. And at the core of the purpose of this phase of life, as um I see it, so well, just like a quick uh I guess thought that I have coming off of thinking of how the last years have been since really this new phase of life where I am self-employed and really pursuing what I believe to be my very specific calling in my life's work. Um, The first observation that comes to mind is honestly something I chuckle at because I remember, I think it was like the week before I turned in my notice and left my corporate job in tech consulting, I <laughs> I was listening to this podcast and this entrepreneur was being interviewed. And she said um, that before she started her business, she had heard a lot of people say that it's very common, especially within the um, I guess as having a small business within the coaching services industry, it's pretty common to not hit your stride in business until about 18 months in. And she said that when she heard that advice, she thought, oh, nah, that won't be me. I'll figure things out and break even before that. Um, But in the podcast, she admitted that she found that 18-month average time span to be true. And in my arrogance, I thought, ha, well, that's true for her, but it's not going to be true for me. Like, I'm going to work harder, figure it out faster, Of all this stuff. I'm sure that it won't take me 18 months to really feel like I have a viable, focused, specialized, established business. Uh, (laughs) What a joke, because I I really do find that time frame to still be true. So uh, if you are that person... (laughs) That is considering, uh, I guess, starting your own business. I am not here to discourage you. I am here to encourage you. But uh, I guess this would be podcast inception as like the second entrepreneur to hear, oh, you know, it's probably going to take a bit to hit your stride. And then to be like, ah, nah, you know, if that's you, I'm just saying it's probably going to be true for you too. But anyway, here, here we are with the deets. I will give you all the details. Not all of them, I'm not gonna bore you with all that. The highlights, the hoops, the wait, what do people call it? The whoops and the poops <laughs> of twenty nineteen in, in detail what happened and what I learned. So in terms of career, I'll start with that. Um 2019. Wow, it was the year that to me most significantly I found my specific niche within the career coaching industry. And I got really confident in it. And honestly, I mean, the significance of this might not sink in for you. But if you, I don't know, I'll I'll just say like, I am so, so excited, maybe most of all about the fact that I could now because of that, give someone my elevator pitch and say what I, I do very confidently without blinking an eye or like cringing or being like, oh, I hope that lands with them or whatever. Like, I know what I'm doing now. And it is so <laughs> exciting. Because just for context, here's a little picture of what what my life and business was like at the beginning of the year. So let, back to January. January, at this point, I was still a, um, I guess... I could describe it as like a secular career coach, you know, just like, um, not specialized in working with Christians or anything. I, uh, was just providing like agnostic services basically to help anyone identify and pursue a career path that would just make them happy. Like they would like it. Um, and I hadn't niched down to specifically helping Christians yet, um, But uh, and then also at the beginning of the the year, I had a a big shift in pursuing building my business from a purely in-person networking model to actually moving online to a content marketing strategy and building up my social media presence to serve and attract clients um, just by sharing information for free to kind of build authority and help people. Um, But I, (laughs) I also began the year by starting a YouTube channel with Kirsten, like LOL. We actually started like and continued a good portion of the first part of the year. uh, Essentially, providing the same services, saying that we were doing the same thing. Now she has established her niche and she is a mindset coach specifically for ballet dancers um, because that's her background. And I encourage you to go check out the cool things she's doing. You could find her on YouTube and Instagram at Twin Talks Ballet. Incredible. So proud of what she's doing. I think it's amazing. But we were both kind of just generically providing like, career and life coaching services. And you can imagine how well that was going, but, um, we even still had the same website together and everything. But I would say in quarter, like at the beginning of March is when I had a big revelation. So I went to South by Southwest, an enormous conference. Uh, it brings in, I think I've heard like 300,000 people to Austin. And so enormous 10 day stint of networking for me. And I learned a lot about myself. And also simultaneously, I had um, a really, really rich time of um, growing in my faith uh, earlier in the year. And through that experience of growing a lot in my faith, and then also Going through this very intense experience of networking and pitching myself over and over and over again and explaining what I do to all the new people that I met at this conference, I realized that I did not have a spark or a conviction behind what I was telling people I was doing. And I didn't, yeah, i I just had this big realization after I reflected on South by Southwest, that whole experience. And I realized that I didn't really care to help people just enjoy their life independent from God. I, I think that, you know, there's nuances to that. It's not all bad, but I just thought, wow, like to me, the the real gift and purpose of life is knowing our creator and loving him and honoring and serving him um, and the purpose that he created me for and others for. So I just thought uh, I, and this is where I really feel like God gave me my true calling in this like really kind of intense moment where I just felt like hit by all these instructions. It was really, really crazy. Um, And I realized I just don't have an interest in what I see as secularizing something that is sacred talking to people about their purpose and their calling to me you just you can't separate that from god i think that if you want to just talk about what you want to do in life and what seems fun for you and your own independent source of fulfillment and fun and all that stuff then that's fine call it that but to me that's not a calling you're not um leaning on the God who calls us, creates us, and gives us purpose. And so that caused me to really dive into like, what is the significance uh, of faith in this whole process? Um, And I dove way into what the Bible says about the purpose of work and all this stuff. And you have probably heard me mention things like this over the course of the many podcasts I've done at this point. But anyway, um, March and April was really the month the two months or the span of time when I realized that I really feel called to help, um, people of faith and Christians specifically understand how to discern God's will and their specific calling for how they are meant to be using their career to create greater impact in a really meaningful service oriented life that, um, they could feel like at the end confident that they will meet their maker and hear well done good and faithful servant um so that was an enormous shift ever since then um I guess that was April um I have really really uh Dove what dived in <laughs> dived into um, creating resources for Christians and really working within this niche because honestly I I haven't really seen it done before um, especially from a, a specialized career coaching not just like mentorship advice like I'm an older person that just has opinions about what you should do with your career like developing this as a technical competency and so an accomplishment of this this year career wise is having. I have created my own coaching framework and curriculum to deliver a 100% consistent transformation for the people I serve within my niche to help them understand who God made them to be, what those attributes are and what they mean and how to use them and how to put all the best of what they were entrusted with to work specifically within a mission and then how that translates to a specific job and the nitty-gritty and the practical and the strategy and help them actually create and get into a career that maximizes their impact and makes good use of their life, honestly. <laughs> um. So anyway, you can hear me getting passionate about that already, as if I don't do that every time I jump on this mic. So <laughs> anyway, big year um, in terms of that happening. And um, so yeah, another, I'll speed up you guys because I don't want to just drag on and on about the career stuff. But um, obviously that is one of the biggest parts of my life. And so another point on what happened career-wise in 2019 is I started this podcast in June. And I'm so grateful and proud to say that I haven't missed a single Tuesday of, of publishing a podcast every week. And we're now on episode 30, which is just so crazy. Thank you, Jesus, for carrying me through this. And just, it has been so fun and encouraging and one of my favorite parts of what I do for work. So, um, and I've also branched out beyond just coaching this past year. Like I created a live course named The Called Career that I taught over seven weeks here in Austin, had six graduates from that who are now doing incredible things that I'm so excited about. Um, And just grateful that I was a part of any part of their journey. Uh, And I started doing public speaking. I spoke um, namely at Texas A&M University, my alma mater. And... Uh, at an organization, Christian Business Leaders, that I was a part of when I was a student. Uh, If you're listening and you're a CBLer, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Um, And I got invited to go back and speak at the um, top professional development organization in the business school. If you are a Mays Business Fellow, holler. Also, love that if you are listening, I'm pretty sure some of you do. Welcome. I'm so amped that you listen. Um, you'll be hearing me share a bit about my story in the spring. Um, but anyway, and another one I'm really excited about is I've been invited to speak at the Global Discipleship Summit in Orlando, uh, next summer, which, wow, I, (laughs) I'm so excited for that. Um, I'll be speaking on one of the stages there. It's a big conference. Um, where people from all over the world that are members of the International Church of Christ meet up uh, and just have fellowship and growth together um, for a few days. I'm very, very excited and honored to be sharing kind of a TED Talk style um, talk there. And woo, you'll be hearing more about that, I guess. Uh, but anyway, um, that is the highlights of my career stuff that happened in 2019. But I would say um, even more significantly, definitely, 2019 was a year that I experienced so much spiritual growth and just growth in my faith. Um, It's the year that by the grace of God and giving me an incredible church community here in Austin, I experienced a greater depth and closeness in my relationship with God than ever before. And as a result of this and really experiencing true discipleship and um, women and just friends coming together with me to study the Bible and like, work through my biggest questions or letting me challenge, um, certain aspects of the faith instead of just like ignoring them or just doing a little research. Like we really studied the Bible together and discipleship has been the most transformational thing I've ever experienced in my life. Just instead of being, um, without a community or even instead of just kind of fading, into the distance of like being in a larger Bible study group, really meeting with others one-on-one um, and having a deep relationship in which we talk about the the highs and the lows and the things that we're questioning and struggling with and the things that we're celebrating um, and growing as leaders in the faith too and discipling other people. Um, that has been like, I cannot give... I just want to give glory to God for granting that to me in this community. And that's something that I hope for, for all of you as well. Um, but as a result of all of that, I made the solemn decision this January to claim Jesus as Lord over all my life and I got baptized. And so I would say I've always been a believer. Um, I've been church going pretty much all my life. Um, really, I would say I loved the Lord. I would say I followed to the best of my uh, abilities or spiritual maturity at the time. Um, And I like went on mission trips in college and stuff. Um, But I, I don't think that I understood the significance of Jesus's atonement for my sins, nor realized or practiced a lifestyle of genuine repentance and growth and like a real active growth in sanctification and, um, just following what Jesus says is his will for us to live in certain ways in the Bible. Um, and so, and taking the Bible seriously, that was a whole nother thing. I don't really think that, um, I I didn't have a diligent practice of reading it. I don't think that I, my heart was in it before, but it certainly is now. Um, And so as a result of all that, I started to get a clearer picture of what it means to have Jesus at the center of my life and have Jesus like claim that he is my Lord. And so as a result of that, I decided to get baptized in January. I I was baptized when I was seven. Um, And I think I I treasure that experience. I remember it. I took it seriously. I wanted to. I wasn't forced to. Um, But I just realized that as a child of that age, I didn't really grasp what the significance of baptism was. And if, if that's confusing to you as well, what was so helpful for me specifically was reading the books of John. Acts and Romans, especially Acts, it will give you a very clear picture of the significance of baptism and um, what it means to live in community and be a disciple and all these things. So I just realized I didn't have all that information. I didn't really realize the weight of that decision when I was a kid. So I decided to take it more seriously. Um, and with my all my facilities and my mind and being an adult, I made this this decision to get baptized in January. But anyway, this all a big part of this is. Uh, studying the Bible and examining my life, it made me realize that I was really entwined in the new age movement. Um, And I won't go super into detail about this because actually I did a podcast um, about this. Um, I think it was uh, like, I'm so, so sorry. Like something along that in the the title. Maybe it was like episode six. It's where I was admitting um, and repenting of the ways that I had uh, espouse new age beliefs. And um, I unfortunately influenced other people probably to take them on um, as a result of um, my deception and not realizing that I I don't think that that's right now, according to what I see in the Bible. Um, but anyway, that really changed a lot of things for me. <laughs> uh, I, If you're curious, you can listen to that podcast where I go more into it. But I just had through that experience grew in learning how to compare things to the Bible and become a discerning of what false teachings are. Like just because someone's standing on a stage or just because they wrote a book does not mean that the information they portray is accurate or biblical. It can be deceptive. So it's important for every Christian to grow in understanding how to, discern for yourself and compare things to the bible so you're not deceived um but anyway (laughs) wow i'm getting really intense over here (laughs) just no surprise it's kind of my mo but um the last thing i will say on how significant this year has been faith-wise i started serving with the teen ministry at my church and just enjoyed that so so much it's such a joy and a privilege to be with those uh, younger humans and to just be a friend to them and hear them out um, and yeah, be there for them. So anyway, I'm going to pick things up on a lighter note and uh, wrap up this overview of the year in terms of travel and adventures. <laughs> this has been a great year for that. So the first half of the year, I really didn't travel very much at all. was very focused on business, but... Um I went to a couple Texas road trips. I did those as always. Went to Fredericksburg wine country with my family at the beginning of the year and now we're around that area at the end of the year now we just like to come out here. It's so fun. Um I went to West Texas, the desert. <laughs> went to Marfa, that weird artist community little place in the middle of nowhere. Um and went hiking in Big Bend amazing. I would recommend everyone go there. Um, And then I went to Alaska with Kirsten. And this is all in August. That was crazy. Um, August, we went to West Texas, the desert, and then we went to Alaska wild. Kirsten got invited to guest to teach and speak, uh, like do a speaking gig with Next Step Dance on Kodiak Island, which was just so like, it was absolutely amazing. I love Alaska. I'm so grateful that we went. Um, I also got to go to LA for the first time, also tagging along with Kirsten as she went there, um, to get certified in, uh, neuro programming. Um, she's now a master practitioner, such a boss. Um, but she was there for two weeks and I joined her for the last few days of her visit. Um, and I also got to visit Alex, who's a, a former podcast guest. I think he was like episode number four or something. So that was great. Um, then as you might know, I recently mentioned, I went to Italy this end of just De- end of November, early December, Rome, Tuscany, Florence. It was incredible. So very, very grateful that I was able to, um, take those opportunities to honor what is a true passion of mine, travel and adventure. Um, So very, very grateful because those experiences are super important to me. Um, But uh, last thing I think I will mention before I go into kind of my personal revelations from and lessons from all of this is that in March, this is big. This year I decided to go vegan, um, which I had been vegetarian for about a year and a half prior to March. Um, and a lot of people ask me why, like why I decided to go vegan. Um, and this, well, and by the way, if you don't know what veganism is, it just means that you don't eat any animal products. So meat, fish, dairy, eggs, all of that. Um, And that's more like a plant-based diet, but veganism also means that you are a person that cares about, um, I hope that I do honor to the veganism movement by describing it in this way, but, uh, not, um, oh gosh, why am I like, I don't know, blanking on this, but it means that you also, um, care more about the cause behind it and lead a life that's compassionate and more sustainable and, uh, non-invasive or harmful as much as can be to other animals. But uh, so, yeah, anyway, (laughs) I'm not going to go down that train, but a lot of people do ask me why I decided to become vegan. And the short answer is one, um, it started for environmental sustainability reasons. I've um, for many, many years been interested in learning about sustainability and acting on the information that I read about. Um, whether that, I mean, it started as like simple recycling and then that, that's like not honestly not impactful. And so that I went into minimalism and a lower waste lifestyle and all of this stuff. And then I realized food's impact on that as well. So, um, realized that, uh, Animal agriculture is an extremely inefficient crop and at the rate that we're consuming it is not sustainable for our population growth or even as we have our population right now. But I won't use this podcast to go on a soapbox for veganism. But then two, um, after environmental sustainability reasons, I began to feel more compassionate in my research and because of my research towards animal cruelty and Unnecessary animal slaughter for my personal whims and preferences when I could easily replace my oversized portions of animal meat with plant protein. Some myths that I would like to dispel quickly is I absolutely love the taste of meat and I have loved it my entire life. Uh, I still love the smell of meat. Sue me, whatever. I am not vegan because I'm a sissy, squeamish, or because I don't like meat. I'm a spitfire Texan as much as they come. We have already established this. Um, but I chose to make a thoughtful, well-researched decision to act responsibly and compassionately compassionately on future generations who will suffer from the effects of global warming and on the animals that God entrusted us to rule over in a Christ-like manner. Okay, if you are still with me, I am moving on from this topic. Uh, The soapbox has been put away. I just thought I would explain that that has been... um, It was a a little bit of my year. That's kind of significant. Um, But anyway, I am going to go more into this last point later, but another personal... Point that happened in 2019 is I started putting myself out there and dating um and that that's really not something that I have ever done uh and I am 26 so yeah what uh <laughs> I'll uh, I'll share a bit more about that because I feel like it could be encouraging to some of you um and just honest as I at the end of this podcast go into um how where I'm at in life versus where I always thought I would be at this point at 26 but Anyway, how about I wrap up talking about, in terms of 2019, my biggest personal revelations, what worked and what did not work. So uh, just a few quick points. I'm sure that uh, any person like with reflection can dig up a lot about a whole year, but just some some things. And maybe I'm going on recency bias, like the things that I've learned recently, but here we are, whatever. Uh, one thing is I learned that motivation is not required, um, to be obedient and just be faithful. Like just grit is important. I I found myself asking myself like, why, why aren't I motivated to do X, Y, Z thing? Why am I losing steam amidst, um, the, hardships and like the burnout of being self-employed and wearing a ton of hats um, and running my business and all this stuff. And I just had to kind of look myself in the mirror and be like, Kelsey, motivation is not required. You're asking the wrong questions of your life. Just a better question. What will it take for me to muster up the grit today to be obedient and faithful? And the answer to that question is honestly just like spend time with the Lord and He will give me strength um, and he will fill my sails. And then honestly, there's some other reflection uh, on like what are what where is this unnecessarily hard? How can I figure out a better way or a different way? Um, what should I keep and focus on and what is just unnecessary? What are you doing that you are just copying from what has worked for other people? And you probably need to find a different way that works just for you. So there's uh, a bit more of like the work smarter, not harder. There's a bit more of like, uh, just get over yourself. Like motivation to do your daily work is a luxury. It's not a requirement. Um, and so honestly, I've just had to have a lot of internal pep talks because I I don't have team meetings. I don't have deadlines. Everything is just set for myself. I don't have an end of year performance review with a boss. Like well, it, it gets kind of difficult sometimes with being um, a sole proprietor, but that that's okay with me. This agrees with my nature, but of course it's not all perfect. So I come up with Um, I have a little bit of moments of friction like I do in this area, but I am moving forward with just obedience and faithfulness as my mantra instead of just seeking out motivation um, and kind of getting my emotions to catch up with like my responsibilities. But uh, the second personal revelation (laughs) that I realized is that deciding that I'm fed up with something has been more powerful in my life than any moment of positive inspiration I've gained to act. Like, I really, time and time again, when I just realize I'm no longer willing to put up with something or even myself and my personal attitude about something, when I get over myself or get over something that I'm like, you know what? I could be faithful, I could take action, I could t- change something about this. Um, that actually is very powerful and that has caused the most shifts. And so that's okay, you know? I I know that especially in the new age movement and manifesting your best life and um, what else, like law of attraction, you can never be mo- negatively motivated by anything. You're just gonna attract all this crap to your life and it's gonna be all your fault. And honestly, I don't know how anyone gets up in the morning <laughs> Thinking that is true. It's like you can't even acknowledge that you're sick. It's like, no, if I acknowledge that a cold is coming on, it's going to happen because I thought about it. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I'm not meaning to hate on you. If you are currently espousing new age beliefs, I'm just talking to you about what I experienced. Um, But I just realized it's okay for me to just get fed up with something. And it's actually been really productive to just move forward and like get in that hustle Um, Not everything has to be like rah-rah and like what I want and I don't have to feel good about everything, (laughs) Um, which is our kind of um, unfortunate lies or thoughts that I had as a result of um, some new age teachings that I was influenced by. Um, But the last thing, personal revelation, this is more of a fun point, is that movies are actually really important to me and that is just like fun, seemingly like little or silly things. Um, You got to understand which ones are actually important to you and it's okay to really invest in them. Um, So what that's looked like for me is I realized that movies like through, well, even just art, but especially motion pictures um, are such a source of inspiration for me after I see pretty much any movie, even if it's happy, sad, whatever. I feel so... Like, it gets my creative juices going. It motivates me. It, it makes my creative processes and my brain go on overdrive. And I feel like I and better because of it. I, I feel like refreshed, um, to go out and do whatever, like even the next day of work, uh, which is just so interesting. But I think that movies kind of agree with, um, how my brain works. I, it's, I have a pretty creative brain. Sometimes a thematic one that, that likes thinking of things in stories and movies. And so, Um, that I, I've, uh, I got a season pass to Alamo Drafthouse, my favorite theater in Austin. And so I could go see unlimited movies for like 20 bucks a month. And that has been so cool. So actually taking the time to do the things that are important to me, even if they, they seem like not so deep you know, like travel's important to me and movies and art and museums are important to me and that's okay. And so I've honored that this year. Um, and it's been so, so cool. So what has worked? Cause I said I would go into, um, what worked about this year and what didn't, uh, what has worked is anytime I'm able to speak, like to a person, or um, in front of an audience, or even on this podcast, I see that moving the needle for me a lot more than, um, or even like interacting with someone on a coaching call. Like those are all the life giving experiences that I have in my business. Like that is really like the why behind um, it. Like really gets me going in what I'm doing. Um, but what did not work is all the frustration and isolation. Isolation that came or I felt isolated um, behind a wall of social media posts. So I honestly haven't really enjoyed <laughs> um, the content marketing strategy that I've been trying out. And I'm still like, I'm still keeping it up. I think that um, I'm kind of just changing my mindset and my approach on some things, but I really struggled with staying consistent because I'm like, who freaking cares about this Instagram post? And I feel like a full-time content creator. Um, so I've had to um reframe my mindset on that and spend more time um doing the things that really bring me joy, trying to get more speaking gigs, um, and then trying to streamline my social media. Content creation. But anyway, that might be kind of a boring point for you guys, but I realized that really didn't work because I got so annoyed with it. But um, another thing that did not work is indulging my shiny object syndrome uh, and trying to pursue way too many things that seemed interesting in my business and ideas and passion projects. So I am instead really taking the essential actions that matter most. Um, in 2020. And that's a huge lesson that I learned. But anyway, as far as I know, and as much as the Lord is willing, 2020 will be the year when I pursue greater focus, obedience, and diligence, to establish and grow my coaching practice and my podcast. Like, so those are my two big focuses. Uh, No more of this like crazy, I'm going to like do an e-course and a live course in Austin and um, do like retreats on the weekends and all this stuff. And I just got really carried away. (laughs) Um, And so at least for the beginning of 2020, I'm just going to be ruthless and focused in um, growing my one-on-one private coaching business and my podcast um, because those are the things that I see as most impactful and see the most fruit from um, and the greatest way I could be of service to people so it will be the year that I consistently practice doing the things that scare the heck out of me because I've honestly felt like I've gotten a little comfortable and haven't been pushing myself too much especially at the end of the year Kind of just been taking trips and taking things easily, <laughs> but it's time to speak on bigger stages, interview more famous people for my podcast, and pitch myself to be interviewed on other people's podcasts, and to do the hard work to have a fully booked out coaching practice. So that is honestly my focus. Um, so yeah, that what I'm going to do differently to pursue my vision for 2020 is kind of summed up in these these mantras that I have. So one. You've already heard me say this a few times, focus. I'm going to um, focus on those areas that I mentioned. And I'm also going to hold myself to a higher standard of strict working hours and work in 90 day sprints instead of setting up a plan for the entire 365 days of next year. I'm just going to do one quarter at a time and work really, really hard to complete specific objectives. Um, and here's something that's personal that I really hope speaks to some of you. Um, cause I don't love sharing this, but honestly, Mel Robbins shared, if you're familiar with her, she's a famous speaker, author and whatnot, recently shared something that helped me. So I'll share my experience with the same. She Mel Robbins, uh, I think she's in her fifties. She talked about, I saw like this video on Instagram, how she only recently in the last few years has gotten diagnosed and treated for her attention deficit disorder. And she encouraged people that also have that same disorder, um, to not have any shame in actually getting it treated. <laughs> so that spoke to me so much because, uh, honestly I was diagnosed I was pulled out of the first grade because it was like, even as a six-year-old was so apparent that I could not focus and keep up with the class. I was constantly daydreaming. Um, and so I am very, very, very grateful that my parents had me assessed, uh, and didn't, I mean, they, we tried out medicine, um, and it, it did help, but my family, it took more of a, um, like lifestyle approach. So they shifted, um, and oh, I'm so grateful for this. My, um, my mother decided to homeschool both Kirsten and I, so we could have a curriculum that, and a setting that allowed me to be more focused in Excel and Excel in the topics I was really good at. Um, and have more personal attention in the ones that I was not good at. So really allowed me to excel, uh, rather than being kind of lost to the system. Seeing that it was very hard for me, but like, wow, yes, I am very, <laughs> very grateful as I'm explaining all this. Cause I realized how, um, and what a privilege that was, um, that I'm so grateful for. But anyway, uh, I really felt like throughout my life, um, I, I, I'm not going to just like put this on my parents but like wherever this influence came from I have felt like I just need to have like a pull myself up by my bootstraps kind of mentality um and honestly I think I have some subconscious at some points conscious beliefs that um at least for me I don't blame other people but for me it felt like I I had shame and like I felt like it would be weak if I accepted the help of medication to treat my add um and my twin sister my identical twin sister has no problem focusing she has always like been fast and efficient in what she does and can really keep an attention span but now that i am self-employed like this is huge it it's not like I'm just wasting time on a school assignment or oh I guess I need to stay a little later at the office or like I'm on someone else's dime like this affects my bottom line if I cannot stay focused in my business. Um, and I, it it has been so hard on me and I had such low self-esteem until I just realized this is freaking stupid. Like I have a diagnosed medical mental condition that there are by the grace of God and modern medicine. Um, there is an ability to treat it effectively and responsibly. Um, And I don't have to see myself as weak or like dependent on a substance. Like I'm being smart to leverage it. So that is um, something that I'm going to be pursuing in the new year, actually going back to a psychiatrist and getting treated for ADD that you don't grow out of. That's another thing. I always thought, oh yeah, when I'm an adult, I'll, you know, I'll focus. This is like a kid thing no, it is not. That's so ridiculous. Like, so anyway, I really hope that um, this encourages any of you who might have been feeling shame or weakness for struggling with any kind of uh, mental condition that is unseen. You are not weak for seeking help. Go and be effective with your life with the tools available to you. (laughs) Holla at me if you relate. Uh, So um, a second mantra for going into 2020 is pray about everything. I no longer want to segment my work versus God's work anymore. I just want to lift everything up to him in prayer, like my days, my tasks, my worries, my wins, as many day-to-day choices as I can remember because he truly is like, there for us in everything and there's um, no need for me to just take everything on myself and there's so much greater joy to be had in building and practicing that relationship with God and everything that I do um so that that is that uh, I have been going on for let me see oh quite some time but I think that, Well, there's just one more thing that I would like to share in terms of my focus um, and how I want to handle 2020. And then I'm going to be going into the very juicy section that is my honest reflections on where I'm at in life at 26 years old versus where I always thought I would be at this age. Um, So just the last point on uh, a shift in perspective that I'm going into 2020 with is that I want to work to give not just earn and keep for myself. I want 2020 to be the year that I'm not just working to meet my own financial goals, but rather I want to be working just as hard, if not harder, to be contributing generously to causes that are caring for those in need, as well as Earning enough so I could be really generous to the people with an immediate need right in front of me, whether that be a homeless person or a friend who would be so blessed by just being treated to a nice dinner for encouragement, or could contributing to missions work and emergency funds for people facing unexpected crises in great crises <laughs> um, in my community. Like I want to be a really generous person. Um, and I definitely want to be, um, earning to contribute to missions work and things that are really important to God, such as caring for, um, those in need that is so, so important. Um, and so I want to see that as absolutely an essential part of why I work to provide not just for myself but for others, that's going to be so important for me. And I'm talking like above tithe uh, because tithe is a, a separate thing, um, that I already contribute to. I just want to go above and beyond and have my motivation for work, not just to be providing for myself, but for other people. Um, but here we go. Are you ready? I'm about to get real as although I already feel like a little exposed about some other things that I shared, but that's okay. I'm an open book, and I just really hope that this encourages y'all. So if you're ready, I'm gonna pretend that I'm ready. <laughs> so here I'll start with the three areas that I feel like on par with or ahead of where I thought I would be in life. So I'm feeling really good about them. And then I'm going to follow with the two, yeah, I guess it's two areas that I feel behind in, in life. Um, So one, I feel ahead of where I would be, where I thought I would be um, in finding my life's work and creating a business that I am really freaking proud of. (laughs) Um, And so actually... Doing, making those incredibly tough decisions to make, well, do the hard work to discern and seek out what my calling is, and then do something about it. Like I'm really proud of that. I made sacrifices out the wazoo for that, and by the grace of God, He has carried me through to this point. He is the giver of my calling, and I'm so grateful to Him that He made it clear to me. Um, and I'm so grateful to be doing this work. So. I am abundantly grateful for that. I thought, um, honestly, I would have to spend more time just like grinding out corporate work and becoming qualified for something. But um, turns out I don't have to or it's not reasonable for me to sit in a tech consulting job to become qualified to do my work as a career coach. Those are different competencies. And so I did the other work to become a certified professional coach. But anyway, I move on. Um, so yeah, I kind of thought that might be like some my passion career or whatever, um, would be thirties or forties. Cause that's kind of this or fifties or even delayed to retirement is kind of the standard, um, perception that I feel is put out there, um, in society. I didn't think that I would wait that long, but, um, anyway, I'm feeling really grateful to be ahead of the timeline. I saw for my life on that. Um and then I am also second point really exceedingly grateful in terms of the depth um that by the grace of God I am able to experience in my faith and interconnectedness that I have with my church community and I'm also just really grateful that I'm enjoying serving in my community with the teen ministry at my church. Um, so faith wise, I'm just so grateful that, um, and I'm not sure I ever had like a point. I always wanted, um, a deep rewarding, like genuine faith, um, that was elusive for many years. Uh, and I just didn't really understand what the disconnect was, but I was always seeking it. Um, So I'm not sure I had a timeline, but I'm just grateful it's here. (laughs) Um, But anyway, then point three of what I'm really grateful for, or I feel um, ahead of how I saw my life schedule in. um, I feel really grateful that I'm settled in a city that, excuse me, (laughs) for the first time, I feel like I want to live in for the rest of my life. I have honestly always felt kind of detached, like a little nomadic um, before moving to Austin. I always wanted to just live around, like go to move to different cities. I had all these dreams to live abroad and all this stuff. Um, And I think it was just because I hadn't ever experienced somewhere that felt so like home. I never want to live apart from it. Um, And so I found that in Austin. And again, that's by the grace of God. And um, so I feel for the first time, a real sense of home and purpose or permanence um, and community um, and like not wanting to leave that and only growing deeper and like further roots here in Austin. Um, Well, I'm not here in Austin, but I will be tomorrow and I'm so excited. But (laughs) anyway, um, now, honestly, I'm going to give you the real stuff of where I feel behind in life. And this has hit me hard recently, but um, I have been feeling on the up and up, but around my 26th birthday, man, I was, and that was in early November. I, uh, I felt like, what? Oh my gosh, I need to like pick up the pace in these areas. But first, I feel have felt behind um, in terms of relationships, you know, like finding a partner in life, um, because here's a su- <laughs> surprising, embarrassing, it's not embarrassing, whatever. It's just a fact um, that before my 26th birthday rolled around in early November, I had never um had a boyfriend, I had never been on a second date. I had never even had an intrigue or like a a potential relationship. It was just like nothing, nothing for my whole life. Like all throughout high school, all throughout college, I never went on a date, it was crazy. I mean, like one guy I was not interested in asked me on a date when I was a freshman in college and then I turned that down and then, like, no other suitors came after that. LOL. <laughs> um, so, um, suitors, LOL. I just, like, lapse into old English language and I don't really know why. But here we go. Um, so, and another thing is, like, just any of the guys that I actually was interested in apparently did not reciprocate that interest... So like, yeah, ouch. (laughs) So for all these years, I've honestly just shoved down my feelings on this and focused on my career because I am just very, very independent by nature. And I did have a genuine, um, yeah, I would say fear that a relationship would distract me from whatever my goals were at the time, whether that be excelling academically Keeping up with all the organizations I was a part of, or like ballet when I was a teenager, or um, getting used to starting my adult life and moving to Dallas and excelling in my corporate job. And, and especially in the last, uh, nearly two years now of starting my business, I just really did not, I, I feared a distraction throwing me off course for what genuinely I was like, just more focused on having a meaningful life and like making something of it. And I know that for many, many people, rightly so that includes having a family and having a a life partner, husband or wife or whatever. Um, But for me, I, my monkey brain just kind of sorted that as a distraction. So I was always waffling between like just independent and being completely focused on my career pursuits, whatever they were at the time. Um, but then like every few months I would go through short spurts of doubts, like, oh my gosh, like, am I a mutant? What is wrong with me? Why, why is no one interested? Like, am I missing something? Am I actually, I don't know, undesirable in some way? I don't understand why guys don't seem to be interested. What the heck? So those are like an honest peek into things that I struggled with, um, But, and the funny thing is like, (laughs) I also have quite a few close friends, um, who are my age and are in the exact same boat. Like they're really independent and ambitious, not to say if you're independent and ambitious as a female or a male that you don't have a relationship. I know plenty of people that do and they manage it all and it works out great. Um, but anyway, I have a lot of friends who relate to me and in my opinion, are such catches, but they have also had zero action in their, in the dating department. Um, so I'm mentioning all this because I really, if this is something that a story that you relate to, um, or even if you've just, you've been in relationships before, but you're single now and not really happy about it. Like, I want you to know that you're not alone. Um, And especially if you relate to me and never like being in your mid twenties now or older, whatever age you are and feeling insecure about like, man, I feel like I should have been in a relationship by now, or man, I really wish I was married by now. I really, I know plenty of, um, young women or women that just are like, man, I just want to be a mom by now. Um, that's not me, (laughs) but you know, I know some, um, And I just, I hope that at least you find some comfort in knowing that you're not alone. Um, So I wanted to be honest about that. But anyway, I have felt behind in this area because honestly, I pictured being in a committed relationship at this point and probably headed towards marriage by 27 or 28, which holy crap, that would be like next year or the next. Um, So when I turned 26, um, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, or almost two months ago, I guess, I had this huge wake up call. <laughs> like, wow, I am over this. And if I don't put myself out there now, I just, I dreaded honestly this kind of daydream of like, what if I'm 40 one day and I just blame myself for like, I should have tried harder. I should have like done more online dating. I should have been more upfront, or like, I don't know, I should have, I should, ugh, all this stuff. Like, I just thought I want to do what I can now to, of course, uh, I guess still do what I was doing, which is when I thought about it, which honestly isn't very often, like I would pray and I would ask God to, um, if it was his will, um, bring me a partner, um, and, But, like, I don't feel like I would do that much of anything to take faithful action on my part. So I felt convicted by that around my birthday and just thought, well, I'm going to do something about it. (laughs) Um, Not just, like, trying to take things into my own hands, but I've been learning about the balance in life of, like, especially with jobs. I talk about this. I've talked about it on the podcast. You don't just, like, it's not faithful, I would say well, I I don't want to make that a blanket statement, but generally just think about it. Like if you just sit around and are like, God, will you please like give me a new job that I absolutely love, but you're not doing the personal development work to understand what components of you would like dictate what you would really like in a job. (laughs) What is the compatible job for you? Or like you're not actually doing the work to apply for jobs or search for them. Um, I, I just don't really think that Uh, I I think I would encourage us and I do on this podcast to do the work and take the action and partner with God in that action and be sensitive and like praying and asking for his will to be done and shutting doors if you're not meant to be going through them, but learn through action and take it and like be faithful in that Um, being faithful doesn't mean like just sitting in a dark room and praying like you have facilities to go out and do something about the things that you're desiring as well. Um, so in that spirit, I realized like, you know, I feel like it would be faithful to go out and just try online dating. And this isn't something that I've tried for the first time. Like I've done it uh, on and off, uh, for like the last two years or so, um, like three times I would go like message people and they'd be like, Oh, this is weird. Or like meet up with someone and they would, I- I'm not even joking. I actually went on a date with a guy that said he was a Christian. And then he was like, actually I'm exploring Satanism. And I'm like, hmm, my life right now is so funny. Um And uh, like another guy that it would always be like, I would go on one date and then just be like, Oh, this is weird. I'm over it. <laughs> and then it'd be a couple months and I would um redownload it and try it again. But so I, after this kind of revelation, I redownloaded Hinge, whatever, it's a dating app if you ever heard of it, um, and I went on a messaging spree and met up with someone that exact same day who ended up being a great guy, and now we've uh, continued to get to know each other uh, ever since in the last few weeks. Um, so yeah, that's been <laughs> fun and exciting and an enormous learning curve for me, especially since I scoffed. <laughs> at people who would go on dates to like, quote, learn how to date or quote, prepare for their future husband, which would always make me gag. Because this is like so prideful of me. I would, in my mind, have some retort, like, or, you know, sometimes I would say it out loud. Um, I feel like, what the heck? Isn't dating just like talking to someone and getting to know them? I'm like a competent human that has interpersonal skills. I could do this. What Whatever, like what do you mean practicing dating that's dumb, but no, 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 no no, 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 Kelsey gets humbled. Here we go. It turns out there arts there is definitely some merit to what they were saying because I quickly learned that I had no idea how to date. I interrogated the heck out of him and went on a self-sabotaging spree. Megan Stone definitely called me on this. She was a podcast guest, I think like episode 25 or something. (laughs) Dear friend. She was like, wow, your self-sabotaging is just humorous. Um, I just was like trying to push him away because of all this subconscious-ish that came along with my independent nature. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm just really grateful. Um, he stuck around and is gracious with that, but I, that was definitely a, a big learning curve. Um, because no, it's not the same, um, as just like getting to know someone. Um, maybe it is to some of you, but I'll stop babbling anyway. Um, so if anything, I hope that was, well, at best, I hope that that whole admission was, uh, encouraging. Uh, and at, least, I hope it was at least entertaining. Uh, not super easy for me to share on all that, but, um, I just know too many bomb diggity women who don't really feel great about never having dated anyone. And I just wanted to say, we're not mutants. It's just, maybe we haven't taken certain action or maybe it's just not God's will or whatever. Um, but you're not any less than of a human. Um, So that's something I have been affirmed in lately. Um, last thing that I'm going to bring up, um, wow. Okay. It's been like an hour. I'm going to pick up the pace, but I keep on saying that. I hope that y'all enjoy this time together, whether it be 30 minutes or an hour or whatever. But the last area that honestly I feel have felt like behind in, in life, um, is financially so um honestly i think that i am ahead in terms of retirement savings because of the 401k i contributed to significantly over the two years i was in tech consulting and i want to pick back up on contributing to that as soon as possible but in terms of income and regular savings i do feel a bit behind due to the risks i've taken and investments i've made um in starting my business and let me be clear I am feeling behind in comparison to the friends who stayed in their fancy corporate jobs and are now homeowners with a great nest egg in their mid-20s. <laughs> I don't feel com- or behind um, considering even just like national average for people my age or like considering the life I chose as an entrepreneur and the fact that I understood the risk I was taking in becoming self-employed. I was prepared for the very real possibility that I would have a few lean years. So I am not shocked nor disturbed by where I'm at, although I am working hard to get back to the level of financial success I had while I was in consulting. Side note, <laughs> uh, people with entrepreneurial spirits like me, which I am very much a product of my parents and my grandparents, who are all entrepreneurs and go-getters, we're just not super freaked out by lean seasons um, because one of the benefits and the dreams of being self-employed is not, I guess it's not just like all about the fear of having no financial safety net behind us. It's more so about like the hope and ambition of having no ceiling to the impact you could create and the income that you could potentially make for that once you've figured things out and hit your stride. And then it's just a game of diversifying your income stream. So you're not just susceptible to the rise and fall of a single venture. Wow. I'm talking so fast and also like not, honestly, I have to like cut it out for a second and just realize that I'm not honestly talking about my feelings on this. I'm just talking about my big plans. So no, I do want to be vulnerable with you guys. And I, I do feel a bit behind, but earnestly, I am not freaked out. Um, I am still very hopeful that I'll catch up uh, and exceed the financial trajectory that was available to me in my corporate career. But here's the thing. It's not about the money and what I do um, or my life. It is not. So I'm very much in tune with that, although financial um, security, responsibility, and goals are also nothing to be ashamed of um, or to ignore. So (laughs) there we go. I just gave you all the dirt of um, where I, what I'm like, well, I'm grateful for everything, honestly, but there's where I feel okay. There's where I feel ahead there's where I feel behind. Um, and so I hope that this encourages you to do your own review of the year, such a fruitful exercise. Um, and I even did a podcast episode a couple episodes ago of like, we are actually called to remember what God has done in our life. That is a calling. That is a, um, something that we're encouraged to do according to the Bible, especially in Deuteronomy, it's mentioned a lot. Um, So I hope that you go through this exercise for yourself and just lift it all up to God. Give him glory for all the things that he's done um, in you, through you, for you, all that stuff. Uh, So I would honestly love nothing more than to close out this podcast with a praise and prayer to give credit where credit is due to the God who gives me life and breath and everything in between. So, Lord. Thank you so, so much that you are God. I thank you so much that I can know you and that each of us can know you and experience you and that you are a relational and loving God and you care about the little things in our life, which all seem so big, but I'm sure, I'm sure to you, like, you know, we're just like a little speck in time um but thank you so much that it brings you joy to care for us and that you are a good father and that you care about the highs and the lows and that you really do work all things to the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose thank you so much for that and i i'm also thinking about um just how grateful I am that, as it says, I think in Acts chapter 17, that you really do plot out everything in our life so that we may know you. Like, that's the aim of this. It's not so I could do something more or whatever. It's not about me and what I should do or want to do with my life. It's just all so that I may have the gift of knowing you. And so each of us can have the gift of knowing you. That's what you work everything in our life towards. So thank you for that. Thank you that there is no like high and low for that. Like I, I'm, it just this, I guess, one measurement of success in my life can always be available to me. I can always connect with you, and that you are there. You are always present. You care for each of your children. So I thank you so much for that. And I thank you so much for each of the things that you brought in and out of my life, all the lessons that you've given me according to that. Thank you so much for every opportunity that you have given me for further maturity and growth, again, all for the aim that I may know you and help others to do the same, Um, I ask that you help me to be a, a good ambassador for you, Lord, that I would honor you. Um, and so, yes, those, those are my requests. Thank you so much for all that you have done in my life, um, in 2019 and every other year of my life. And thank you so much for everything that you will do in my life. I ask that you, help everyone listening to also reflect and see you in their story of 2019. And I ask that you help all of us to focus in on following you and being with you and doing everything for you as we look ahead to 2020. Because you are our purpose, our foundation, our rock. Jesus, I thank you so much for that um and i ask for everyone listening that you would bless their 2020 that it would be a year where they feel so close to you i ask that you give them such depth and richness in their communities that they would um just experience such love from you and from others who know you. And I ask that this is such an encouraging year, such a fruitful year for them. I ask that you establish the work of each of their hands, that you continually for each of us make our calling, not just in the broad sense, but on the daily sense, clear and that we would be attuned, tuned into that, um, and obedient to follow, obedient and faithful to follow, um, So yes, sincerely, I ask that you bless each person listening and that you give each of us the presence of mind to give you the glory and see where you are working, um, and lift everything up to you, Lord Jesus. You are our gift, our salvation, our light, um, the stronghold of our life, as it says in a verse that I can't remember what the reference is, but, um, thank you, Lord, for all of that, um. I ask that we just be people that withhold nothing from you as you withhold nothing from us. So I'm asking these blessings and your guidance um, for 2020, all in your name and for your glory. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Woo, okay. (laughs) I uh, really hope that God bless you guys. Um, And... I would love to hear if you related to anything I shared today. I yeah put myself out there so it would mean the world to me to hear from you and turn this solo episode into an actual conversation. So uh, DM me on Instagram if you'd like at Kelsey underscore the called career or connect with me on LinkedIn. Let me know about your big wins and your lessons um, that you learned in 2019, or tell me what you related to in your in my story if you'd like. As always, it would mean so much to me if you showed your appreciation for the work I put into this podcast by leaving a quick rating and review wherever you listen. I would love to personally thank you and give you a shout out. Um, So, uh, in your review, just leave your Instagram handle, and I will do that. Okay much love to you. I hope that you have the absolute best last day of this decade. <laughs> All right, both. bye.